When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Jean Rose, who would like to ask you to give something to a very good cause. But it's not money, it's something much more vital much more fundamental than that. You see, she wants your spit, or at least your saliva. Let me explain. Every year, many people are diagnosed with leukaemias and lymphomas. These are cancers of the blood and lymphatic system. Unfortunately, her husband is one of these people, having been diagnosed with rare incurable lymphoma in 2012. Some of those diagnosed will at some point in their treatment require a stem cell transplant, This won't necessarily be a cure, but can help people live longer and more fulfilled lives. And here's where you can help. Request a spit kit from either antoninolan.org, if you're aged between 16 to 30, or deletebloodcancer.org.uk, if you're aged between 17 to 55. Simply follow the instructions, give a sample of your saliva, and that's it. Your saliva is tight-matched, and you'll be placed on a register which is searched when someone needs a transplant. You could quite literally save someone's life. How great is that? And it won't cost you anything. Thank you from Auntie Jean. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the mobile hen house that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the chicken shit filled caravan that is Lucy Freeman. By the way, folks, I don't write these. I'm going to think. I'm evil and rude beyond belief week after week. This is Lucy. I'm describing myself as a chicken shit filled caravan. This is Lucy Freeman's self hating, you know, (laughs) self loathing. And the last part of our towering inferno, folks, is you. Oh, good film. Good 70s film. I know. It kind of de- defined that whole kind of disaster movie genre, didn't it, Tower it, and Inferno? 
Yeah. Yeah, and there was all those kind of those 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 airport films as well. You know, Airport seventy seven, Airport seventy eight, when there was all these disasters. But anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. Oh, at the moment, aren't there? I can't imagine any <laughs> people flocking to the cinemas to see that at the minute. Mm, very Just true. Just another sodding news. <sighs> anyway, carry on. Will do. This week's <laughs> Dumdy Dum is brought to you by Jacqueline Bertes from Brittany, and we've got Chris and Hilary Sanderson and a silent Emily. Lucy, uh-huh. can you remind our listeners that each month grows by whew, by by a factor of something, right? How they can also win the accolade of Dumb de Dumber of the Week. Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or cheer up, Bert, then ring us on 0203031305 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek's in a bit of bother this week. He's in trouble because he got overexcited at the hen house fire. He accidentally set the fire alarm off at the village hall and Bert Fry evacuated. That's that's naughty. You can't say not Bert. Don't, don't be saying things about that. But about lovely <laughs> Bert Fry. I felt very touched at many points this week about old yeah. Bert and Frida. He's a lovely old goat. Love him. Love yeah. him. Love him. Love him. But also on this week's, he's episode, never going to get those boys out though, is he? No. Now he's now he's let the fair brethren in. That's it. He'll be living in the caravan, and they'll be living in the house. <laughs> Well, let's see how that develops. After we've had calls from Not Contrary, who's the font of wisdom, Cat Brown, or oh, love me some Cat Brown, who's dreaming about Titchy Knob, New York Nigel, who thinks the writers need more confidence, and we have Vicky Cole, who thinks that Helen's obstetrician is Toby. But before we get to the caller in on this truncated Easter show, Let's hear about Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We started the week with Elizabeth being nominated for Tent Flap of the Year, courtesy of Lillian, who had a gigantic hangover and was drawing moustaches on Annabelle Shrivener in Borsetshire Life when Elizabeth rang to tell her. It's you, <laughs> Elizabeth, that's made Lower Loxley a go-to destination, she said. Or more accurately, a runaway from destination. Jill couldn't bloody wait to clear out of the place, trundling along, pumping her writing desk behind her along the gravel. Then we got a lesson in seeds from David talking to Johnny. Seeds go in the ground and the sunshine and the rain make the flowers grow, said David, pretending to be an acorn growing into an oak. There's so much I don't know, said Johnny. (laughs) That seems brilliant. Then David completely bewildered him by saying that they were planting rye, timothy and clover which sounded more like someone calling the register at a Islington primary school. Rex bought eight chocolate Easter eggs for him and Toby. What are they, six? Toby described Matthew as the northern powerhouse, making Toby a southern Wendy house. Mm. Then the hen house burst into flames. Toby rang the fire brigade and said, It's urgent! Well, it would be really, wouldn't it? It's on fire, but it's fine. Take your time. Toby said Bertie's gutted, as was the hen house. Was it arson or somebody arson about? Anyway good job it wasn't the next day it would have been the world's biggest rotisserie mm-hmm. edmund has got a certificate his first ever certificate for spraying it's going on the wall apparently which will delight caroline and oliver when they come back to find a picture of ed with his hose in his hand on the sitting room wall bert <laughs> and linda are having an open garden off 
It's Resurgam versus the Frida Fry Memorial Garden. And here's where my Frida used to stand and fiddle with her clematis. I'm fed up with Christmas, Linda, now, and I want sneezing summer Linda back. Anyway, she's decided that her Resurgam garden wants to make a statement. I think it's probably saying, shut up, you self-important old cow. They've let Rory out of the cupboard for Easter. No one recognised him, so he went to sit in the flaming hen house. Clary says they have bounced back after their horrible anus. Then decided that Alf was making stuff <laughs> out of her wallet, so maybe her anus will continue being horrible for a bit longer. The end. Hurrah! Huzzah! Did <laughs> <laughs> it? No. You know, you 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 went through, you rattled through that at, at a, a proper clip, and you ended with gusto. <laughs> you were the gusto, yes. Uh, it's all over between me and gusto. Really. Mm. How how long did you and Gusto last for, Lucy? <laughs> oh, about a week and a half. And is it Gusto? Is it Justo? Is he some Italian? <laughs> Justo. I think that means something. I don't know what it means. <sighs> well, hmm. Shall we address um, the elephant in the room, which is the Titchener in the room? Mm. Well, I am going to piss everybody off now, so I apologise in advance. Mm. Are you, wait a minute, has your chair got wheels on it or something like that? They seem to be like, they, there's a... Is it bumping? Well, do you... It's me, I'm fiddling with the with the mic. Don't. Sorry. Stop it. Sorry. Right, now, go on, upset all of Dumdy Dumdy. No, I've done, I've done media training this week on people, and I said to them, do not fiddle with anything on the table, and now I'm doing it. Mm. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Well... There was a huge outpouring, a wailing of gnashing of and a wailing and gnashing of teeth throughout the land when Helen appeared to stand up to uh, Tichinob and say, "No, uh, I'm you, going to bed. You yeah. keep telling me to go to bed. You you go make the dinner. Yeah, mm. so I'm going to bed. Goodbye." Uh, and she rang the doctor and said, "I'm not having uh, the new baby at uh, at home." Um, yeah, blah, blah blah. But and she also rang the uh, the helpline. Yes. Now, the helpline, as far as I'm concerned, was the most positive thing. Mm. When Rob is standing in the kitchen going, Helen, Helen, like this, it, it, we might sort of feel a sort of um, a short term glee at, haha, he's not getting his own way anymore. But he will not just give up. Uh, he will up the stakes. So before this ends, I think, unfortunately, we are likely to see some more violence um, and some more, but more outwardly hostile behaviour, less devious, more kind of um, openly apparent uh, behaviour because he will now be feeling threatened because up until now she's been under his control. She's now uh, coming, coming to the realisation that he's not, uh, he doesn't not have her best interests at heart by any means. And she's now contesting that control and he is not the type of person that ever just folds up and backs off, as we've seen before many times. And we know by his sort of the sort of man he is in terms of the profile of um, abusers, uh, he will now up his game because he will start to feel threatened. And the one thing that he people like him cannot have is is any sense of their control being threatened. So I think it's going to get worse, I'm afraid, before it gets better, but it will be quicker. It mm. won't be. It'll be like an injection rather than a long-term flu bug, which we've all had for two years. Mm. That all sounds incredibly plausible. 
I thought wish it wasn't. I wish it wasn't. I wish we could have a lovely fairy tale ending where, uh, you know, Helen says, "Get out of my house, you arsehole and Tony punches him in the face. And in what fairy tale does Sleeping Beauty say, "Get out of my house, you arsehole oh, It's not the post-feminist book of fairy tales. Ah, right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. That's right. Because right. none of the Disney movies that I've seen, I've seen a lot of them, Frozen and uh, all of that, Lion King, and there's no such language is ever used, Lucy. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but moving swiftly on, I thought, and I thought, and I thought to myself, if they're going to go down this road, this is somewhat brave. But I, but I, I got the impression that. Helen was going to reassert. Helen is reasserting herself, um, and and actually, this is we've 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 got to the worst of it, and then this is her going. No, I can stand up to you, and I can uh, make my own decisions. However, that doesn't make for great drama. And there is no way that a man like Titchener is just going to take it. You know, he might mm. cook the odd meal here and here and there. Yeah. But surely um, what we need to bring this to its head isn't more violence, but uh, of which, you know, he'll, he'll say she provoked me. Mm. And that's the reason why I need to twatter one um, is that his veneer of being this, uh, you know, this pillar and his, this supportive partner that needs to be taken away. So something needs to happen in full glare of half of the village, mm. and then everything will come tumbling down for you know for his nascent yeah. temper yeah. just to it absolutely explode. And and it's so it's not a case of well, this could view it from this way and view it from that mm. way, and it's kind of understandable. It's just nakedly, oh my god. Yeah, and, and I and I think that's what we're heading for, and we're heading to it pretty quickly. I hope. Well, that that's a, I really really hope that's right, uh, and I could see that um, because if he feels threatened, mm. which he which he will now because she's saying because his power is diminishing, he's, he's sort of cloak and moving his cloak of uh, invincibility that is sort of drawn around him. She's seeing uh, chinks in it. She's, she's seeing um, that she doesn't always have to just comply. She's, she's got options. There are people that understand, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and she's also allowing him to be wrong. You know, up until now, she hasn't done that. She's just said, no, Rob must be right. And she's sort of colluded with him on, on that, or he's made her collude with him. Um, but if he is feeling more threatened, which he is, then uh, I think you're right and uh, his behaviour will now become more overt. So if that means overt violence, obviously that's hideous for us to listen to and everything, but um, he will take more risks and he will start to push his control in other areas, which could, as you said, well kind of expose him to to people that he's conned so far. I was thinking, you know, I remembered something from years ago. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, incredibly middle class uh, friend. When you say, you know, a lovely shiny family, you know, they they, they were a lovely shiny family. Um, no, note to listeners: this was before the start of the show. Sorry, yeah. And um, uh, the day after they got married, mm. they're on honeymoon, and he said to her, "There's 
doing the so you know tell me not tell me all about yourself it's a bit late for that but you know kind of um what kind of marriage do you see or something and he said well the thing is you can just never ever make me angry because i can't control myself and he said that to her on the second day of their marriage how long had she known him before they got married about a year wow and that was it. He thought that was entirely reasonable. And so did she at the time. After she, you know, married him and found out that after, you know, after she'd sort of witnessed it. But basically he was saying, this is all going to work out fine, but you just can't ever disagree with me for the rest of your life. That's not quite what you said before, though. Make me angry Sorry? is not disagreeing. You says first off, he says you can't ever make me angry. Oh, yeah. But that he's the type of bloke who got angry when someone disagreed with him. He wasn't somebody oh, who okay. could who could, um, you know, do rational debate sort of thing. And you just think, my God, mm. you know, it's it sort of felt like someone being trapped, you know. And she's looking at him thinking, what? So I can't ever, we can't ever row. I can't ever do anything wrong to, to you know, that you don't want me to do. And I can't ever disagree with you because then you're you're saying to me, I cannot now, I've given myself a get out of jail free card. I cannot ever now um you know be and i hadn't thought of that for years mm. and years and years and then this storyline brought it all back well that was one of, for me one of the kind of interesting kind of subtext to um helen's kind of conversation with kirsty you know that there was well i'm not being abused she didn't quite say i'm middle class mm. but mm. that was the inference wasn't it you know no, that... kirsty did kirsty did say that when she rang refuge she said. Oh yes, she did. She did. She yes. said. She said it's not like he's not like he's. Hit, they're a nice middle class family. It's not like he's hitting mm. her, which is such a good line because it's. Uh, and I read on the website yesterday that all the lines that Rob's been using on Helen, like mm. you know, you're not exactly Kim Kardashian, are you? Or Little Miss Giggly, or you've had enough of that or anything, were actually taken from verbatim accounts from other women, uh, women who have been in Helen's situation in real life. People had actually, the men who'd actually said those things to women. Kanye West wasn't one of those then, because he couldn't say that, because he would be talking to Kim Kardashian. (laughs) I would tell you, my son's obsessed with Kanye West. Oh, God, is he? Mm. I must admit, I find Kanye West absolutely fascinating. Absolutely so do I. But if he was, if he didn't have that much money, he'd been, in, he'd be in the Maudsley, wouldn't he? Quite frankly, because the man is completely delusional and unbalanced. But it's how like much money stuff? has he got? Because didn't he then say to oh, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. "Can you give me five hundred million quid because I'm broke?" Yeah, but I think his version of broke isn't quite the same as everyone else's, is it? Mm, no, that that, that, that is very true. And he wouldn't be broke. But yeah, it it's just like. A man have enormous nervous breakdown. It's a bit. It reminds me a bit of Amy Winehouse when you'd watch her on stage and you'd think, "How are people still making money out of this woman? Mm. How do, how do they sleep at night? How do they let her wander around in that state and say, go on, Amy, go on stage, you can do it.' When she she needs she needed help massively, and there were people still around her telling her that she was fine and and that because they still wanted to make money out of her. And I kind of feel the same about him really it's like watching a t- tortured animal you just think they need help you'd help but i suppose that the, the the problem is with um any kind of creative genius and the pro and the thing is 
it might be an arse on Twitter and he might and he deliberately says things to be controversial. But musically he's completely on another spectrum. And it it took so I was having this conversation with Noah when I was in Canada last time and he's just like dad 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 Kanye 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 and I was like look son he's a bit of a you know mediocre rapper at best and he's had a couple of hits and when I looked at his discography I'm like oh my god he did this he did that all these songs which you're mm. very vaguely aware of yeah. you go well he did the, the man's had about 30 hits and you, yeah. and you, you put it together and, and it, re- it really did kind of like knock me sideways and then when you read whether it's uh, and you go like you know critically acclaimed kind of music press with a rolling stone or enemy actually about the lyrical content of what he's rapping about you know it's deep and profound but the Mm. problem is with any kind of creative is what makes you great your self-obsession and your single-mindedness then makes you then spiral out of control Mm. so it isn't just the enablers around you it's that innate drive that innate kind of well I have this view on the world, uh, which is slightly mm. askew to everybody else, and um, and and it's then made manifest in my music, and it's different. And it's so creative that you know to have that then rain back, and then you have enablers around you is in- incredibly hard because you will say the reason why I am successful is because I am like this, but then it's the reason that destroys you at, at the same time. Yeah. There is a load of guff talked about artistic genius, though. I've noticed that quite a few women manage just to be very, very good without having to have a public nervous breakdown, apart from Amy Reinhouse, which I've just talked about. But, you know, they just they just get on with it. Like, Helen Mirren doesn't need to strop around and have, you know, she just gets on with being brilliant and having award-winning series everywhere and Oscar films and things like that. And she doesn't feel the need to, you know, go on Twitter and tell everyone that she's the messiah. Well, to, to be fair to... Um, 50% of humanity, i.e. the men. Not every male that's in uh, the public eye is Kanye West and has uh, meltdowns as well. No, though, Trump. <laughs> though, though, I will say they're more prone to it than uh, than women. That I will give you. You know, that women seem to have a general mental fortitude that us men yeah. don't have, we have generally. A wash on for a start. <laughs> Well, you middle-class types have got got your domestic to do it for you anyway, haven't you? Well, it depends. Some of us, yes. Hmm. Some of us, not so much. Right, now, before we go into a a, a social, cultural um, uh, kind of barb fight with each other, why don't we have some caller-inners? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right, Freeman, who is first on the lines? Mary, not contrary. Oh, I love Mary. What's she got to say for herself this week? Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. At the risk of straying into Cosmos Territory in Pedant's Corner, I would like to answer Shula's question from Tuesday's episode, How on earth do you comment on a typeface? Well, I do have comments on Linda's typefaces, Linda had just emailed Carol Toboggan asking her what she thought of the Century Gothic font. Century Gothic is a sans-serif font. It's basic stone cutting that you must have serifs when you're cutting letters into stone, because otherwise, without the serifs, the stone cutter has nowhere to insert and remove their tools. This is really basic stuff. I know this because I'm married to a typographic nerd, and he backs me up on this. So... Either Linda's working with an incompetent stonemason, stonecutter, 
Or, as Lucy said in last week's episode, the editors have just lazily gone down the list of fonts in Microsoft Word. And I think we deserve better. Thanks and goodbye. Mary, I thought this was absolutely fascinating, which makes me as big a geek as you and your other half. It it never crossed my mind that that's why you need serifs. This is why I love this show. You learn so many new things, none of which are to do with the archers. But anyway, um, yes, he needs somewhere to put his tool in. Yes. Um, Very, very interesting. And uh, yes, I do think that was a bit of a, you know, I was I was genuinely thinking, are we really supposed to be listening to somebody reading, you know, just fonts? How long can how long can a storyline about this is the kind of storyline that when people say, you like this Archer's thing, don't you? I might give it a go. You feel like going, not this week. <laughs> no, no, no. Just give it, listen to that bit. Now turn it off, off, off. Don't listen anymore. Because now they start listing fonts. You know, you just think, where the hell are I listening to? But that's part of the charm, as mm. we know. But I think for a newbie, they might run off screaming into the forest and we'd never see them again. I did found it absolutely fascinating and I, and I, I did think to myself only on a radio drama can we have um, a 10 minute exposition about typefaces <laughs> you know what though it's made me change my my font on my on my own computer when i really? said my emails now they're going different font because i started to think maybe i should have a signature font like linda <laughs> I like a signature font mind you i was clearly supposed to be doing something else at the time like my expenses or something so so wait a minute what did you change it from and to i changed it to from ariel because the type the bbc like things in ariel i mm. changed it to baskerville old something or other what yes are you, what do you mean what? that's from one extreme to another isn't it so ariel is the most kind of like bland functional yes it's I just know. A, not you... anymore <laughs> i'm now a gothic nightmare that's what i am oh. i couldn't be more gothic if I was wearing badly applied eyeliner. Where am I? I'm going to have a look at it now. Baskerville old face. Because I have got quite an old face, so it works quite badly. So. Oh, stop it with, you, with your old face. I tell you, I have my go-to font. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Listen, I'm having my Linda Snell moment. I know. Let me my have it. I love Gil Sands, right? And there are quite a few like Gil Sands. And uh, so Gil Sands is the font of the London Underground. Uh, so there's things like Futura Condensed. There's, there's quite a few which I like it. But the problem is with Gil Sands is he was a dirty pervert. What? Who was? Um, Mr. Gil that came up with Gil Sands. So the the font of the London Underground. Did you not know that? No. Oh, no, no, no. This a person. Right, so... He, and I'm going to get this wildly wrong, so I'm just going to give you the briefest of brief overviews, because it's one of those things where you're kind of aware, because obviously I do a bit of graphics and whatever, so um, you're kind of aware of these things. But there's been many a documentary about him. He slept with his daughters and all sorts. He, he So yeah. he was around in round about the 1920s, nine, the 19s, maybe up to 1930s. And his great gift to mankind is Gil Sands. Um, so sans serif so it doesn't have the twiddly bits on the end of what uh, Mary not contrary is talking about and it's the font of the London Underground so that really clear um, graphically pleasing you know it's nice and Penguin Books I've just looked him up yes it's everywhere it's everywhere 
he he was an actual sexual uh, beast and uh, slept with everybody, including his daughters. And but this was a thing, so it was you know. And they, I'm going to say this in air quotes. They were happily sleeping with him. He had such a dysfunctional family, you know. They didn't see it as abuse. Yikes! Oh, is that your mum? Yes, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's time she for West, in. West Indian breakfast. Now she's on the landing. <laughs> But she's obviously holding court out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Gill, I think his name was. I'm sure yes, it was, he was. Yeah, Eric Gill. Yeah. And I said there have been programs about him because he wow. just, yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Cat Brown here. And I'm sitting in bed with my own Cat Brown, Ambridge, sitting on my lap, who has climbed into it. Because I have just listened to the Maundy Thursday episode that I imagine a lot of people are going to be talking about on next week's podcast. Um, before that, thank you so much for an amazing 100th podcast uh, extravaganza live. It was amazing to meet people. I'd never met Sarah Duggars and Andrew Horn in the flesh at Say Nothing of Lucy V. Freeman. And that was all a complete joy. And actually, it's the memory of that amazing evening that's sort of making me stop from just completely freaking out. I've just listened to that incredible episode of Pat's Tea Party after having had a really, really lovely evening out. Came back to lots and lots of WhatsApp messages from people going, oh my God, it's all kicking off. You need to listen to this episode now. And uh, yeah, it's only just now listening to it that I realised just how much it actually has kicked off. And I can only imagine what happens on Good Friday and through Easter. Um, I mean, I imagine that Good Friday might be a bit calmer but who knows? Part of the reason I wanted to call in was because last night I had the world's most absurd dream, which involved me, first of all, going ice skating with uh, a load of people playing ice quidditch from Hogwarts, because that's naturally how dreams start. But it then turned into me being Helen in the Archers, this is how sad it gets, and deciding that actually enough is enough, and filled with anger, telling Rob to fuck off, and uh, and then running outside finding my in real life uh, godchildren's godparents and then also Pat and Tony Archer and uh, telling them all that I was leaving Rob, that he was abusive and that he'd hit me and feeling metaphorically and realistically as though I'd just run out of a building. So to have had that last night, and that is a very sad dream I acknowledge, and then to have had this episode tonight with Helen starting off you know, really defending her cub as it was in Henry and then ending with Rob doing that awful boa constrictor act that he does and Ursula doing exactly the same thing on Pat is just devastating. Um, Just an amazing piece of writing and acting this week and I have to say that because I need it to, to be acknowledged that it was amazing acting and writing because the reality of listening to it was just so hard. Anyway, much love to everybody. Particular thanks to JJ Sexy Heels, who I sat with, and her chums during the 100th episode. And thank you to everybody for just making this an amazing podcast. And speak soon. Cheerio. I had a dream last night. Sorry, there is nothing more boring than people's dreams. I know, not yours, Kat, because yours is relevant. But I had a dream, again, that I was Helen, same as you. And I had a baby. And it was... Uh, miles too early and very very and it died and then they brought it back to life again and it was called Clover because of flipping David going on about Clover in the mix <laughs> in the field mix oh I'll tell you this storyline really has got to end or we're all going to go cracked up aren't we mm.
Um, so basically, people are having dreams about the archers and about Rob. Mm. Okay. One of my friends, uh, one of my mum's friends, had to stop listening to it because she was having nightmares about it. Or no, she couldn't actually get to sleep. She found it too agitating because every time she tried to relax, she was thinking about it, and it and she stopped her sleeping. So she had to. She's had to stop listening completely. Well, it's it's silly, isn't it? It's, it? I think it is because it is because we can't see it. I think what it's like children. What if you don't tell them the truth? What they imagine is far worse. If you don't tell them a nasty truth, what they imagine is far worse mm. than than what the nasty truth actually is. Talking about the nasty truth, just bringing this back to Eric Gill. So, um, children, uh, if you've got li- little nippers. You might tell him to, to go out the room, right? He just wasn't right, this man, right? So hence, I never feel comfortable using Gil Sands, and I, and I say it with all seriousness, right? But I didn't, I didn't realise to the extent. His personal diaries describe his sexual activity in great detail, including extramarital affairs, incest with his two eldest, eldest teen daughters, as I said, incestual relationships with his sisters, and acts with his dog. Ah! Hmm. Good Lord. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to delete him from my font list. Mm. I don't think he should priest probably the bugger who's slowing it up. He ugh that's yeah. awful. Absolutely awful. Blimey. Absolutely awful. And his wife uh, got her to wear a girdle of chastity. <laughs> yep. I don't think she should have been the one wearing that to be perfectly honest. Mm. Yes. Blimey. Well, there's now it's a queer as folk, as they say. <laughs> as font designers, no, there isn't. Yes, no. <laughs> right, so uh, we've done Cat. Um, yes. Shall we nip over to New York? Yes. And have a bit of Nigel. Hi Roy Foyles and Lucy and worldwide Dumpty Dummers, New York Nigel here. You know, from time to time this programme makes me cry and I have to admit that Helen's call to the helpline was one of those moments. So I feel a bit bad about what I'm about to say. I'm cross that they made Rob such a caricature villain. Outwardly nice people sometimes treat their wives or their partners with just as much cruelty while being popular and well-integrated members of their communities. Why did we have all that business about the culvert and the bigotry and viciousness with Adam and Ian, the manipulation of Charlie, the bopping of the hunt saboteur, the cheating at cricket, shouting matches with the contractors at the farm shop, nastiness with Johnny at home farm. We could all go on. You know, at one point, if anything went bad in the village, we were ready to blame him, from decomposing dogs to a flare-up of Linda's allergies. We're all sick of listening to the story, not because the incidents between him and Helen are so believably horrendous and very sadly true to life, but because he's generating too many stories around him. He's sucking so much energy from the other characters whom we love and we know to be nuanced and complicated, you know. I know the script writers can't win, and they're really brave for taking this story on. They've clearly listened to women in the front line of domestic abuse, but it's 
almost as if they didn't have enough confidence in their ability to convince us that he could behave that way towards Helen without getting us to hate him for so many other reasons. In America, over half the victims of domestic violence report it to their place of worship first, men or women. And I've ceased to be shocked at how seemingly nice people behave towards their partners behind closed doors. And that's one of the reasons I want this story to be over. Most domestic abuse isn't perpetrated by pastiche villains. Kudos to the writers for daring to expose domestic abuse so bravely. But I'm ready for a goddess diva ending to this one. Bring in the wasps and a sort of Don Giovanni sucking down into the nether regions, preferably with whales from evil Ursula. You gave us an all-round baddie. Now you owe us an all-round baddie ending. That's all I've got to say this week. And thanks for everything. Great job for the 100th and hope to speak soon. Bye now. Nigel, 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 I could not agree with you more. Um, I think possibly making him ultra nice to everybody else, i.e. not, not, um, not cheating at cricket, not blocking up the culvert, blocking up the culvert, whatever. Um, I think shouting at Jim, shouting at Jim. I Mm. think that would that we are in soapland, lest we forget. And I think that would bring in slightly too much ambiguity. Um, but you know, to be to be to be fair to him, not him, but the scriptwriters kind of thing, uh, through him, he has convinced her parents, uh, pretty much. Uh, well, she's definitely convinced her parents. He's pretty much convinced her whole family that he's nice and that he has her best interests at heart. Um, I think people are suspending belief about him being nice. They say, well. He's a bit, you know, he's a bit this, that, or the other, Rob. But you know, he's got Helen's best interests at heart. That's well. Where... I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you there because um, I know this is yesterday's show, so Sunday, which strictly speaking we're not covering. But Peggy said he's not just a pretty face; he's done mm. so well. Mm. And um, Jennifer has frequently said, "Oh, he's lovely, and he's, you know, he's looking after you, Helen, etc." Yeah. So it's not just that. But no. I will I will completely, though, I couldn't agree more with what Neil mm. Nigel said. And yeah. I haven't done this in a long time. To that. Yeah. Because it was a brilliant call, sir. Mm. And I think that, yes, you've said this, this is soap. And yes, it is soap, but they've dealt with a topic which is very unsoapy and they've mm-hmm. played it out for two years in a length which is extremely unsoapy you know i don't think the topic is unsoapy i think the handling of it has been unsoapy um there's been oh, quite okay a few, no no, no. quite I'll... a few domestic violence stories but it's all been over this period of a fortnight hasn't it no, it's been... but, no but but what but why this is and i know he has hit her Oh, right. because it's coercive control, Exactly. Oh, okay, it's coercive yeah. control. And yeah. and a lot of it is so subtle. And 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 again, as as we know, 
just about any one of those instances taken in isolation you can literally just shrug your shoulders you know not towards the end obviously but initially at the start which is the reason why a lot of us men didn't pick up on it at first we didn't pick up on it at yeah. first you just think oh he's just a bit of a blokesy bloke and, and, and literally i said that two years ago about yeah. the whole thing about don't give me that um couscous stuff i just want and that in and of itself quite innocuous but it it, it led you on this trail mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he was a bore that's exactly what he is and the way they've done it with that level of subtlety and the amount of time they've invested in it is incredibly on soapy back in you know we've had domestic violence in brookside we had the jaw dashes we had i forget the name of the family in eastenders in the late 80s early 90s and he was scottish and, and it was hitting little cat or something like i really can't remember the name of the characters anymore but this specific coercive control unsoapy and in lots of ways actually doing it through a radio drama is little the best mo. little it. mo well done well done and actually doing coercive control through a radio drama is actually m- much more powerful because it mm. is the power of words all the time all the yeah. time um and the picture you build up in your head and the tension that you yes, build up is, yes, is, yes yes is far worse than anything anyone could actually <clears throat> portray on screen mm. And it's very, as we're saying, it's hard to listen to it on headphones and things like that. It's because it is very, very claustrophobic. Mm. Um, it's, it's just you and this voice, which is how Helen feels. And that's why we can empathise with Helen so much, because she's trapped in this room and all she's trapped in this very small cottage. And when the door bangs open and we hear Helen, we go, oh, in the same way she does, because, we, you know, it's... It's a it's a claustrophobic en, en, en environment, and we are. It's a it, it's just a very there's just the physical closeness of him. Mm. Mm. No, completely, but you know, New York Nigel. I think there is a job for you um, as Lucy's co-host on the podcast because <laughs> you've been saying what I've been saying, but you managed to pithily put it into about three minutes, where I just like flabbily and sloppily said it over. A, two or three uh, months uh, but the thing is it's not just this important storyline um, but it's just the fact that the whole thing is just unbalanced and and, yeah. and and admittedly the script writers can say or Sean O'Connor can say oh no 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 because you think the screen time the air time actually isn't mm-hmm. but, it, but it is in terms of a two year storyline yeah you know David and Ruth. Look at the amount of things they've gone through in two years: losing the yeah. mother, going to our, going to New Do Zealand, no. you know, up and down the motorway, etc. Yeah. All right. So well, that... we, at this stage, at this stage, normally, if it wasn't for this storyline, we would now be talking about Shula and Doki Loki and Elizabeth and what's going to happen there. And you know, n- n- no one's even pretty. No one hard. That's hardly been mentioned on Twitter. Yeah. Or or we would be talking about a widower's grief. Mm. You know, yeah. readjusting to life after being with your partner for 50, 60 years, etc. And what this says about the rural elder, you know, being elderly yeah. and the rural elderly. Also, there's another storyline which we have not touched on at all, which is to do with rural crime. Because remember, um, Ed had his cattle go missing and yeah. now this thing's gone up in flames. Yeah. So there is another backstory here, mm. which um, is very clearly there, but... 
we don't give a rat's ass, basically, no. do we? No. Because the oxen has been sucked out of the room. I do admire Bert Fry, though, because as soon as I'm widowed, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, bring in two, uh, two young rugby-playing men in their early 20s. That, absolutely. <laughs> well, to be fair, only one of them plays rugby. But, um, I don't care. But I really don't Lucy, care. To, to be widowed, don't you first need to be married? Oh, that's true. Once I am, once I am alone <laughs> in my group, I, you know, three hours in, I shall cast off my widow's weeds and it's open house for the rugby team as far as I'm concerned. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we have Vicky Cole now. Yes, please, let's go to Kenya. and happy Easter from here in very sunny Kenya. Um, I've not been very well for a few days and I just was too scared to listen to the archers. I didn't feel strong enough. Um, but fortified by my Dumpty Dum pyjamas and guzzling Lemsip out of my Dumpty Dum mug, I, I felt strong enough to uh, catch up. And oh my goodness, it's been a very hectic few days. Um, things are moving. I'm very pleased that Helen finally called the helpline. I'm very pleased that she seems to have changed her mind about the home birth. I'm very, very pleased that Ursula has gone. Um, But I'm still scared. I think there's a long way to go. I'm scared for Helen and I'm scared for Henry and I'm scared for Kirsty. And I think we're not anywhere close to a conclusion in this yet. So we're all going to have to be brave and... Oh my goodness... In other news, lighter news, I'm enjoying Bert very much, especially when he told Linda off. I thought that was great. Um, And I think we finally solved the mystery of Brighton. Did anybody else think that Helen's obstetricians sounded exactly like Toby? Maybe in Brighton he's locoming at the Royal Sussex County Hospital. Who knows? Anyway, that's all for now. All the best. Bye. Yes, Vicky. I am also scared for everybody else. Um, I don't know whether it, you know, whether it's going to be. I just hope it's not Henry. Really, it needs to be somebody who can punch back. Um, uh, yes, Helen's obstetrician did sound like Toby. Uh, he's called Mister Anand, which I presume makes him Asian. Um, uh, his uh, consultant. Um, uh, and as far as I know, Toby is not Asian. I'm sure if he was, they would have mentioned it uh, because they do like to bang on about uh, diversity. Um, but yes, who's they? Near the end. Who's they? they? You know, you're sounding a bit like Donald Trump here. You're sounding. I know. Like some... no, no, I mean, I mean, the BBC. They like to, you know, like Usha couldn't just come and live in the village. She had to have a member of the National Front, aka Roy Tucker, dropping dog poo through her letterbox. She couldn't just be there, you know. <laughs> <sighs> It's like having a, 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 um, a, a you know, about a gay couple, and the and the main focus of the story is not that they're a gay, it's not that they're gay. It's just that something else is happening to them, you know. Mm. It's that kind of thing. But we, we're not yet at that place, are we? We're still in British media anyway. We're still, oh look, you know, <laughs> somebody different. Let's talk about some issues, and you think, oh blimey, do we have to? You know what? That's a tricky one, though. It really is a tricky one because... I know this is easy for me to check my privilege. This is easy for me to say as a white woman who is represented unbelievably highly on Radio 4. Yes. Well, everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
but as as a card carrying member of an ethnic minority um you can't make you carry cards that's awful well i'm I'm gonna back up from that (laughs) (laughs) the iris recognition never mind that but what you do want is not necessarily issues per se but you want cultural uh, your cultural, um, let's say, peculiarities, and with a small p, mm. to be um, outlined in a in a realistic way. So, uh, one thing that Lenny Henry said, who has been banging on about this, is um, on Luther, right? Mm. So he's running around and he's doing whatever, yeah. and you know, looking, he's so- looking fantastic. No, yes. Well, he doesn't. Though. He looks actually worn and beaten up and he always wears you know these weird off grey clothes doesn't he in Luther he, he, Idris Elba is doing his best to look his worst on Luther everything well, else he looks great I don't great. care it, no Ed, really he'd have to I don't Lucy, know what he'd have to do we what? could have another conversation yes, maybe, we, maybe we will about Idris Elba because Idris Elba is the ethnic minority choice uh, man of choice for, for uh, white ladies the planet over Yes, it's a bit like um, white men saying, "Oh yeah, I fancy Beyonce." So, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right, that that's acceptable. Right, but moving swiftly on. Right, what the point that Lenny Henry has made about the portrayal of, let's say, Luther. Of course, you can have a black di or whatever the heck he's his rank is. I don't know. Right, but he will have an Uncle Festus. And he will have to eat rice and peas every now and then. And there is no reference to that. So it's not a case of, well, he's had to struggle to get his position in the police force and there was yeah. subconscious racism or overt racism. You know, you can, we can move past that. It's just a case of every now and then he might just fancy a patty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what people want. Right. And people go, yeah, OK, right. You know, say so he's, you know, he is British. He's is a metropolitan male. He's very good at what he does. He just happens to come wrapped up in black skin, which also probably means there's going to be the odd little um, racial uh, cultural trope. Sorry, yeah. and 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 I think that is is in, is incredibly important, you know. But How where were we? Well, did we get onto this? It's Vicky Cole. Cole in oh, Kenya. it was because her obstetrician. <laughs> You yes, mentioned. you said he was. Co- you said he was Kofi Annan, didn't you? <laughs> How funny! Patrician mm. is Toby. Yeah. But whilst we're here, and I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable because I know that we have many people in the media that listen to um, our wonderful podcast, and people in the media. I've always, well, not always. I'm always struck whenever I walk into that BBC foyer. You want to watch that? <laughs> Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> Sorry. I I I generally note when I walk into new broadcasting house, <laughs> you know, I've got a little meeting with somebody that that front desk mm. um portrays uh, yeah. a, a racially diverse London. Yeah. To the point where it's top heavy with with the diversity, let's put it that way. <laughs> All right? And then you walk through and, the doors. And the people going through the doors are all white. And exactly. Then it's a snowstorm. Just yeah. saying. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. So. I never um, noticed 
before, but you're absolutely right. We can have all this hand-wringing at yeah. the BBC about diversity on camera, but it just shows you that even an organisation that will at least claim lip service... to No, to be fair, the BBC does more than just pay lip service because it does all the hand-wringing and whatever. But it's it's one thing to have your front desk and your security guards who are black, brown and whatever. Yeah. But all your production assistants, all of your um, people just running around hither and dither, they're all white and invariably from a small subsection of British whitedom I would Mm. even say and on that note I will slowly back out of this conversation because I don't understand like I want some Black Panther wants to burn down every every (laughs) edifice of of, uh, you know you're doing a podcast on the archers love I'm not sure the Black Panther (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and yeah well there is kind of a there is kind of a reason for that. If we're going to go into this, maybe let, 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 no, no, no. Let, let's do it because we've got a short show this week. So no, we only be- only because to get. Uh, sorry, this is probably revealing too much about BBC. But to be honest, to get any media job uh, in, well, yeah, not just the BBC, any media job, you either have to be in London or Manchester. I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking from sort of experience and from knowing people who've tried it. You also have to uh, be prepared to work for nothing for quite a long time. And I mean literally nothing. You have to be an intern. You have to do work experience. You have to be a runner. You have to be whatever. And so you are wealthy parents or parents who live in London who can afford to put you up for nothing. Uh, and I'm talking for like sort of six months stretch at a time Mm. and uh the media getting into the media partly because of worthless media studies and all kinds of things like that people you you have to have a certain level of privilege and uh, income to be able to access it and it makes it a closed shop which is how you end up with nearly everybody in the media being privately educated um, white parents who have a nice house in, you know, Hampstead or Surrey or wherever that they can commute in from. Yeah. If you're a black kid in Sunderland, number one, does uh, Sunderland, the northeast has in in England I know, anyway, I said... <laughs> <laughs> the oh, lowest God. percentage of ethnic minorities of white, any any region in, in in the UK. So, a white kid in Sunderland, you still yeah wouldn't. A white working class kid. Within the M25 corridor. Yeah, a white working class kid. Um, And so if anybody was to do half of a decent Google on me, they'll see that um, I was dragged over the coals about five years ago for having interns uh, to the previous company where I used to work. And I thought that I, I always treated them very well. And it was just for two weeks. And if you wanted to stay on for longer than that, you could. But it was very clear it was just for two weeks. And I was also really aware um, when I was forced to think about this that it was exactly what you said, that it was only a certain type of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, bushy 20-year-old mm. that could actually afford to, whether it was come yeah. down to London for a couple of weeks or um, crash at their friends or whatever the heck that it was. Yeah. And then subsequently to that, 
um, what I did do was to go out to a completely different organisation and to get kids that had all been completely through the state system and this was then part of their media studies course and that was the reason why they were actually being placed with companies and they got yeah. full accreditation. Mm. If I'm speaking honestly about that, that was much more of a logistical ball lake because they had many more issues, practical mm. issues. Yeah. You know, they yeah. had other things they needed to be doing. Um, some of them were just doing the course just because they were just doing the course with something to do, etc. And actually the quality of person that you had in terms of their the work output was far less and they needed yeah. more support. And if you're yeah. running a um a small enterprise as I was on you know you need people who can just get on with it exactly uh mm. so you understand that uh the reason why companies organizations can just get lazy but yeah. what always struck me about that debate and i'm totally kind of against it i i you know it's one of those things where in high you know in hindsight i absolutely see how it just perpetuates um a system but I understand if you're in the middle and in the middle of things, you can't see the wood for the trees. Mm. And it's more effort to do things in a different way. It's much mm. more effort. Um, but the thing which I always found so ironic about that whole kind of debate was the fact that um, for newspapers to say an expose internships yeah. when, they're the biggest culprits absolutely the biggest mm -hmm. culprits but then the other thing which you kind of touched on is there's two issues why this is uh really pertinent to the uk is that number one we are too london centric in this country mm -hmm. we are we are, yeah. we're, we're a one city country right we're a one horse town we really are and yes the bbc is now uh, gone Part of BBC's gone to Manchester, but not as much as he ever thought was ever going to go. And not as much as, not as, you know, they thought more more of the BBC's infrastructure mm. is actually going to go. Um, and, in, and compare and contrast this with any other major Western country, we don't have uh, diffuse centres of power. So, um, and I have said this before to previous podcasts, but in the United States, if you want to make it as an actor... You go to LA, possibly New York, but really mm. you're in you're in LA. You want to make it in software. You'll go to the the um, you go to San Francisco or the, you know the, the Silicon Valley. You want to make it in aerospace. You go to Seattle. You want to make it in politics. You go to Washington. You know I could go on and on and on. Uh, you want to make it in the arts. You go to New York. The answer for all of those things in the UK is London. So you have mm. yep. a disproportionate amount of let's say bright-eyed zhuzhy things in one mm. city uh which kind of denudes mm. your birmingham's your bristol's uh manchester's a slightly different case admittedly uh but your newcastle's your sunderland's of these you know bright-eyed and, and bushy things so you have this massive network effect whereby again it's uh, a one-horse town one horse uh you know yeah britain is a one-horse town it's the same types of people that can afford to make the move. And it's the same types of people in every type of industry. And if you specifically, if you look at the media, American media is very interesting. So you will see 
the ABC affiliate in Atlanta, Georgia, and they will have black news anchors. You will see the the um, CBS affiliate in Dallas, and they might have an Asian American news anchor, and it's no big deal. Mm. And you can actually rise and be an ethnic minority in the media in the states, at least regionally. You can actually kind of get quite far because they have much more media mm. as well, much more compared to what we do. Everything is just so centred around London in, in in this country, and it's to the great detriment, really. Mm of structurally how this place runs and then and as i say to americans all the time and don't get me wrong you know americans always think when i go over there that i kind of uh kind of knock american and i absolutely don't but you, you you're forced to think about the differences between the uk structurally and and the us and, and, and invariably you do do a compare and contrast but one of the great things about the political system of, of the United States is because there are 50 centres of power, the states, so you can become a state senator or a congressman mm. or a governor in a way that there aren't 50 different centres of power in, in, the, United, in the United Kingdom. It, it means that the president of the United States, whoever that is, invariably didn't go to one or two schools. Mm. Yeah, doesn't didn't yeah. knock about in just in one or yeah. two universities yeah. and get up to frolics and hijinks yeah from we, where he then or she takes her entire cabinet exactly and you cannot stress to people how limited our mm-hmm. political elite is when you compare it to just about anywhere else in the western yeah. world and the terrible thing is about britain it doesn't matter what your politics are this is not a right or a left issue but in terms of a wider en- enfranchisement of of british society we're actually contracting when you look at who's actually running our companies and uh running the country politically I can't remember if I've said this before on Dumpty Dum, but Mm. I had to do a charity thing and it was a charity auction Mm -hmm. and the bidding started at a thousand pounds for for this auction at the end of the dinner for a charity. The Mm. bidding started at a thousand pounds and there were 12 different prizes and eight out of the 12 were internships that people could buy for their children. Wow. And I thought, how is this fair? How can you possibly say that internships are open to everybody? And they were internships at Procter & Gamble at, um, or sorry, I mustn't say the company name. They were internships at very large companies, very large media companies, advertising agencies, architects. I can remember one, you know, national household names, mm. things that would really stand out on your CV. And you'd think, goodness, this, this, this person's, you know, must be a very, very good candidate to get, to get that opportunity. And actually it was because their parents had a lot of money lucy yeah (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. let's not try and put the country to rights just now (laughs) because you know it is an easter bank holiday and uh you know it's a time for families to be together to sell you know to celebrate the fact that jesus died and then was risen to 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Take away our sins. So, on that note, why don't we take five, have a touch of Millie, come back with Tweets of the Week. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, World War breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. (laughs) 
G'day everyone, Millie Bell here. Uh, well, I'm sure that there's been a lot of discussion about uh, last week. Very, very dramatic. And I, for one, just want to say that I absolutely applaud the actors. I thought that was so well done. We have been busy on both pages, although I noticed that people aren't really touching on the uh, dramatic story. I think it's almost too hard to talk about, isn't it? Um, on our forum, uh, there's been a lot of support for Henry uh, and um, his role in the proceedings. Uh, there's a great discussion about the remote control chicken house doors. Uh, the international Dumpty Dumber sing-along idea is still uh, bubbling along there. I think it's a great idea. Um, the most irritating character is still bubbling along and someone's asking whether Bert is going to go rogue. Uh, there's also another thread about Henry. So if you would like to get involved in any of those and get to meet your fellow Dumpty Dumbers in uh, an, an even more cosy situation, please go to dumptydum.com. And please join in. We'd love to see you there. On our Facebook page, we were talking about the scene where Bert tries to invite David in for a cup of tea and or a cup of coffee and David has to go. We thought that was a little bit sad that David couldn't spe- spend five minutes. Sue Gedge says, It's unlike David, the cake-eating gourmand, to reject the lure of Carol Tregoran's fruit loaf especially if it was homemade and contained the special ingredient she suspected of using by many listeners. Yes, poor old Bert, but I was left wondering about the blower machine. What was it and why was it so vital? I could only think of those silly things people used to blow leaves around in parks. I need enlightening. And Connie Nolan Long uh, replied with, I may be mistaken, but I think the blower machine is the vital bit of kit that dairy farmers use for storing up the pens and barns where the cows wait before milking. Sometimes they are kept inside for weeks, so changing the litter is important. I'm actually really glad you clarified that because I thought it was those leaf blowers, which I have to tell you are really popular in Australia. Come autumn and everyone's blowing their leaves, and I never know why. My thinking is, if you don't like the leaves, don't have the trees. Personally, I love the leaves. Anyway, uh, Glyn Fuller Love says, the Fur- this was before the Fairbrothers moved in. He said, the Fairbrothers are definitely moving in for my money. How Bert will react the first time one of Toby's conquests is at the breakfast table is anyone's guess. <laughs> um, and uh, the general consensus seems to be that the Fairbrothers are a decent pair of lads as opined by Bert. Let's just hope they don't. Well, one of the brothers doesn't walk all over him. And we also had a bit of a discussion about how the Eggmobile fire started. And uh, we, Ben Hardy suggested it was Josh. He's an evil mastermind who pretends that he wants a piece of the competition, but in fact just wants to get rid of all pretenders to his egg empire. Um, Jenny Murray suggested Rob. Obviously, no pastured eggs in the shop for him. Uh, Helen Sanson blames Helen because everything is her fault. Nicely played, Helen. Witherspoon said a big thank you to whoever did do it. Call me a horrible person, but I was quite pleased. Then, unless it was Rob, then we'll just chuck him in jail. Um, and Richard Woodfield suggested it was Arsene by an Archer's listener. Well, that's a little bit harsh. Anyway, lo- uh, lots more suggestions on there, So, and we haven't resolved that storyline. So if you'd like to get involved, please find our Facebook page. 
uh, and get to, uh, and join in. Our listeners, uh, the number of people who like our page, is steadily listening. We have a lot of people who like the page but don't get involved. Can I really encourage you to get involved? Uh, I love uh, getting to know the, our listeners, as I know uh, Royfield and Lucy do. So please... Um, respond to one of our posts or start a post yourself or message us we'd love to hear from you um have a great week i hope the easter bunny found you and hooroo thank you millie bell um lucy yes uh we've got two quick emails we've got to do uh izzy says uh the grunders have moved back to grange farm alfred's returned things are going well between will and ed how do you know we haven't heard from william for about eight years too well, my prediction, Joe is going to die happy in his bed at Grange Farm. Then they can all go back to normal. Oink, oink, she says. Okay. Poor Joe. Like a death wish. Everything's happy now, Joe. You can we go. We didn't all talk right. about Alf, did we? No. You know, I don't think it's him nicking the... I think he's no, he did. No, he did. No, I think he's covering for somebody. I think it was one of the children. I think it was George. Do you think it was George? Yeah. I don't know why. Georgie. Hmm. Uh, but I always look for conspiracies where there are none. So possibly that didn't happen. Uh, row, row, roses. Row, row, roses. Yes. Mm. Says, once Ursula leaves, Rob will abuse Helen in some way that causes a miscarriage. Both will require treatment. Treatment? Treatment. Hers medical, his mental. <laughs> then characters, actors and listeners will be given a long rest after this horrific ordeal. Can I just make a, a plea? Mm. To have more emails, please. Yes. Oh, hang on. We've got one from Cosmo as well. Sorry. Oh, uh, yes. It came oh. at the last minute, didn't it? Yep. Um, Helen must keep her cool and stop losing her temper, no matter the provocation. Cosmo, I think that's quite a tall order. He's threatening to take a child off her. Every time she loses her control, Rob wins either directly or in the eyes of others as they simply see her as unstable. Well, yes. Um, lucky, really, that Rob has no job to keep him in Ambridge. Yes. I wonder what happened to Peggy's £10,000. Poor continuity knowledge again this week. We know that Lillian went to school with Eddie, so Alf and Lillian would know each other from those early years. It surprises me that Jill's dislike of the Fair Brethren is so great that she's turned arsonist and fired the hen hutch. It is also hard to believe that the caravan was smaller than the Burt built egg mobile. In NZ, a competent shearer does 350 sheep a day. I presume you mean shears them. Mm. Is Johnny going to manage one a minute? <laughs> Unless it's Eric Gill. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Johnny could manage one a minute of anything, to be honest. He's so blooming dopey. Uh, so, yes. Thank you, Cosmo. And uh, we have Cosmo's financial report on the... We'll do that next week, uh, which is on uh, Ambridge Organics slash... Bridge Farm. Oh, smashing. Do you um, want to do tweets of the week? Uh, that'd be quite nice because I know you've got, you got a nip off. So uh-huh. you, you best rattle through these at a pace. Andrew Langston, Second City Suit, said, Disappointed the Book of Condolence has been removed from Tib Shelf Service Station. R.I.P. Heather Pett. <laughs> um, uh, Linda, who's Muddy Hooves, said, Alistair has put a £50 bet on Shula to win the Doctor in the next month. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and this this is an unusual one this is hashtag of the week Ooh. which was a thousand ways to end Rob Titchener and there were some absolute brilliant ones uh, Mole said tip him in some slurry Murray Jane Davis said drown him <laughs> in vermouth Ruth Margaret Guest said burn him to a cinder Linda and Alexa <laughs> said feed him to a lion Brian <laughs> um, 
And then uh, Anne Gillian um, said, and I have, I have done this, Anne. I am completely uh, with you. Just had heart-stopping moment. Thought I had forgotten to log out of my business account and all my The Archers rants had appeared on the business timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I that too. And John Reed, it's Tweet of the Week. <laughs> which was just, yeah, just summed everything up brilliantly. Rob. Have you made a start on supper? Helen, make your own fucking supper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's what we all wanted to hear. <sighs> right. It's been a cracking week in the old arches, hasn't it? It has. It has. We've had loneliness. We've had potentially uh, the resurgence of Helen's independence. We've had Henry. Even Henry's turned round and basically let it be known that you know, Daddy ain't all all yep. all great. Yep. You know, we've had yep. we've seen the back of Ursula. Thank yep. God for that. So, oh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's been a week to rejoice. And on that note, I think we can just about wrap things up and say goodbye. Now, folks. I implore you to go to dumdydum.com to visit our shop and to partake in our forum where currently the debate is on about all manner of things, most irritating character. Uh, there's a little uh, thread there about Henry. Go there, enjoy, get stuck in. Uh, Lucy. Yes, sorry. Pay oh, attention. No. News, news, news of reviews. Thank you. Uh, we only have one review on iTunes this week. And remember, folks, uh, iTunes is important to Dumpty Dum because with it, we get to go up those iTunes charts, which means maybe more to us than it means to you, but it means that more people get to listen to our blatherings. So we'd like you to go into iTunes and to write reviews. Now we have one, which is from... Uh, Deepest Darkest Devon who says they have been listening to the podcast for a few months and have caught up on old episodes too. It's good to know that I have fellow Archers fans out there all screaming at their radios. Good mix of serious chat on storylines and silliness. Highly recommended. Now, if you'd like to keep help keep our little show on the road, there are one, two ways that this can be done. You can hit the donate button on our website or, or you can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about pound thirty. And there have been a couple of new patrons in the last month, and I will mention you next week. Um, remember to get in contact. You can send us a voicemail. Remember to get in contact and send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is obviously dumdydum.com. Or um, if that's up the fritz and you just need to get through to us, you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. On social media, you can find us specifically on Twitter, where we're at dumdydum. You can con- you can find me where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Uh, Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith or Harriet at Shambridges. And on the Book of Face, you can find us by simply typing in Dumpty Dum, and then you'll bump into 1,100 Lyca lurkers who are just liking and lurking all things Dumpty Dum and Ambridge. And that's it from us, pair of old unreconstructed lefties who uh, <laughs> believe that diversity is the key to social cohesion. Well, we do, don't we? And the archers as well, she says hastily. (laughs) Well, to be fair, you know, if they had an Indian corner shop 
and they had you know uh some kind of uh rent a raster on there yeah how representative would that be of rural england is Alf not a raster i always thought he was you don't think that at all Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're just saying that for comedic effect. I am. I am. Hmm. So I go now. Please. Like All right. Doodaloo. Take care, Lucy Freeman. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 